Welcome back to Invited In, a podcast connecting the global family of Samaritan's Purse. Today, we continue our series on Easter. And as we prepare our hearts to celebrate and remember what Jesus did on the cross, we want to bring you another conversation that will encourage you this season. We talk to our office in South Sudan. You'll hear from Mark Bennett, who serves as the country director for Samaritan's Purse in South Sudan. He's from Australia, so it's interesting to hear the cultures and traditions that he grew up celebrating and the way that he's taken on um, many more living in South Sudan. And also Rachel, who serves as the communications manager for Samaritan's Purse. They both bring so much wisdom and perspective on preparing our hearts for Easter. And COVID restrictions have tightened again in South Sudan, and they are on a lockdown. And so Easter will look very different than it typically does. But I was encouraged hearing their hope and the way that they're keeping their eyes fixed on Christ despite their circumstances. We also talk about the hardships that the South Sudanese are facing right now and just the instability and just the hardships that they're going through. And I just couldn't help but think of John 14, 27. Mark will talk about it in the episode, but many in the country are just asking, will we ever have peace in our country? Will there ever be peace? And so now more than ever, people need to hear the message of hope and peace that Jesus brings. And John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you. I do not give as the world gives. Do not let your heart be troubled or fearful. You'll be blessed and encouraged to hear this conversation. Here's Mark and Rachel. But first, if you don't mind, could you just um, introduce yourself, maybe tell us how long you've been with Samaritan's Purse and where um, the country office, where you work now and what you do? Okay. I'm Mark Bennett. I'm an Australian. You might pick that up from my strange accent. Um, I'm here in South Sudan in Juba uh, as the country director, and I've been here for almost four years uh, serving Samaritan's Purse. And before that, I had not worked with Samaritan's Purse. So this was my first experience of SP uh, uh, in South Sudan at my first place. Wow. And here with me is Rachel Chattelavada. I've been uh, with Samaritan's Purse uh, in South Sudan. Um, and prior to this, I worked as an IFR with OCC in South Asia. So first of all, I know we want to talk about Easter and, you know, how South Sudan celebrates Easter. But to start, um, can you just maybe explain, you know, why Samaritan's Purse set up a country office and what all um, you all have been doing just for the past several years? Okay. Well, Samaritan's Purse has been here in South Sudan since since before 1993. Mm-hmm. And we've so we've had a long engagement here. Uh, we've covered areas such as medical care. We've been involved when the country transitioned to an independent country in 2011. We've done uh, cleft lip and various other medical uh, visits with teams coming here to support the country. But um, for the last, I guess, for the last seven or eight years, we've been very much engaged with caring for refugees, with distributing food as part of the World Food Programme care for people in the country. Uh, South Sudan has been a a country in crisis for a very long time, and uh, the needs remain quite significant. So we're a major partner with UN agencies, with WFP, and with USAID, OFTA, and now BHA. So through BHA in particular, we now have uh, livelihood projects, 
water and sanitation projects. And of course, uh, we have head office funding to, to help us work with local churches across all of the areas we're engaged in in South Sudan to build their capacity to engage with their communities. So I guess we, we cover lots of different areas, food security, water and sanitation, nutrition, medical care, and uh, working with our churches to be a central part of their communities. Mm-hmm. And so when the independent country set up in South Sudan, is the, would you consider South Sudan primarily Christian? What is the religious affiliation there? Yes, we, South Sudan, uh, depending on who you speak to, will okay. certainly say that they're a predominantly Christian country. More than 90% of the population are Christians. And uh, I guess that, that that's the way they want to see themselves, uh, especially when they became an independent country from Sudan or northern Sudan, which is a predominantly Muslim country. But um, uh, traditional religions, uh, Islam to a small degree, uh, are still uh, prevalent here, but most people would call themselves Christians and most people would have some engagement with the church. Mm-hmm. That's what we want to ask. So I know today we want to spend some time just talking about Easter, you know, and how it is celebrated all throughout the world. And and like you said, so here in the United States, you know, we would consider ourselves Christian. So Easter is a, a true holiday, you know, uh, on our calendar. So in South Sudan, um, you mentioned you're primarily Christian. So what does it, what does Easter look like in South Sudan? Yeah. Well, we were talking to some of our national staff, our South Sudanese colleagues, and they shared with us that uh, Christmas had been the major celebration event for the year as as Christian people. And uh, they celebrate that as the coming of the Lord Jesus. And in maybe not in the same kind of way that we would in in, uh, Australia or the US or uh, European countries in terms of giving gifts, but um, children would get a a new wardrobe of clothes. And so getting new clothes at Christmas would be very important to South Sudanese children and families. And Easter had not been the primary in the Christian calendar, but talking to our, our colleagues in the last week or so, They've said to us that it is is growing in its importance in the Christian calendar or the Christian year, if you like. And so generally speaking, they would attend an Easter service and that they would then have lunch together as a family, have a, a celebration meal together. Some churches, we're told, are now getting more interested in having the youth involved and having a drama where they dramatise the, the Easter event and, and bring people in or interest people to come and talk about Easter through drama activities. Palm Sunday would also be something that the church enjoys celebrating. And I know the church that I attend, which has uh, South Sudanese and as well as East African and expatriate other expatriate people, they would have a Palm Sunday service where there would be palm leaves laid out in the church where they would make little crosses out of palm leaves Mm-hmm. And maybe they even have a, a, a donkey and a, a Jesus coming into the service on a donkey. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of what Easter looks like. But this year is going to be a challenge because the country has just gone into uh, an, a second month 
of a fairly serious lockdown. Mm. So all the schools and all the churches and other religious institutions are closed and people are not allowed, allowed to meet. So, um, uh, yeah, COVID has become um, uh, more serious here in the last maybe six to eight weeks mm. and uh, it looks like it might be closed for Easter, although the current lockdown finishes the day before Easter. So we'll we'll see what that means. And so as you were talking, um, I know we're focusing on South Sudan, but being from Australia, would you mind sharing maybe how you celebrated Easter growing up and and what traditions maybe you still, you know, keep, but now you've added obviously some with this, with the people you work with in South Sudan? Yeah, thanks for that. Well, I guess I was talking with, with Rachel and others on our team. We, we have uh, 11 different nationalities wow. on our team living on base. So we have Kenyans, Ugandans, Ethiopians, South African, one Scottish chap, two Australians, maybe five or six Americans, mm. a few Indians, Nepalese, Zimbabwean, Filipino. Mm. So we have quite a cross-section of people. So um, maybe for myself as an Australian, we would certainly have had a, a Good Friday service and our church, the tradition in Australia is that the church uh, is made very bare and bland for a Good Friday service. And then for a Sunday service, it would be filled with flowers and uh, there would be a maybe a, a, an Easter egg hunt for children and Sunday would be a, a big day of celebration and then a time where families would have a, have a meal together. Mm trying to interpret what we might do in South Sudan. Um, a lot of our uh, staff who live on base, we have, we have nearly 30 people who are living on our base. Many of them are working from their rooms because of COVID restrictions. So everybody is feeling a bit isolated and maybe over the last month, there have been up to eight or 10 people who've actually been locked in their rooms because either they tested positive from COVID or they were a close contact of somebody who did. So coming up to Easter, everybody is feeling a little bit isolated, a little bit uh, run down because they've been staying in their rooms and not engaging with people, not getting out. And so I guess we want to try and make sure that at least at Easter, everybody uh, has the opportunity to share something of their own tradition mm -hmm. and share something together for that Easter. So. What we've talked about is maybe um, maybe on either Good Friday or Easter Saturday, we might have something called a, a Christian Passover meal where we reinterpret the Passover meal. Mm -hmm. And the, the Passover tradition is, is really quite beautiful in that it reminds a family or it reminds a group of people coming together of what God had done for his people in rescuing them from Egypt. And then we can reinterpret that in the same way with what Jesus has done for us in rescuing us over Easter. And some of the things that they do in that tradition as they share a meal together and each aspect of the meal has, has something of value and importance, there can be a special blessing, I think, in, in doing that together. Mm -hmm. And uh, there, there are some nice, um, nice passages that uh, the Jewish people read together as they celebrate Passover reminding them that they are God's chosen people, reminding them that God has rescued them from Egypt, reminding them that the Egyptians 
gave them a blessing as they left, reminding them that they were brought out of slavery and that God parted the sea for them and that he fed them in the wilderness and that he had a plan for them. And in, in some of the same way we can do that by reminding one another of what God did by sending his son Jesus, what he did for us in, in um, putting aside his will and bearing the cross and suffering for us and then the resurrection being a day of great celebration where we remind one another that God has called us to be his children and to enter into his rest and his blessing uh, together with him. So we're thinking that we will, we maybe will have a, 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 um, a Passover meal together and then we have a, a rooftop and we were thinking maybe on Sunday morning we might have a rooftop Easter morning celebration together. Whether we can all get up early enough to be there for sunrise, we'll see if we can stir people to be a part of that. But we thought we might have breakfast together on the rooftop uh, as the sun rises and uh, remind one another of the joy that we share together uh, through the resurrection. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I, I think you're right. And this is why we wanted to have an episode because with COVID, um, you know, so many can't go to church. They can't gather. They can't be together. But to be able to share that the reason we celebrate is still the same. You know, we are celebrating Resurrection Sunday, but and we can look back, like you said. I love that. Um, and I have participated in a Seder meal before where hours of liturgical, you know, reminding us of, like you said, what God did in the Old Testament and why He came, you know, and had to come to live on the earth to rise and save us from our sins. And so this is why we wanted to spend this time, just to hear from different cultures. Um, I read this morning in Acts, you know, I just love, um, and he has made from one blood every nation of man to dwell on all the face of the earth and has determined their pre-appointed times and the boundaries of their dwelling. And I just love that reminder that we are one race. You know, God created from Adam and Eve, we all have, um, we are descendants of Adam and Eve. We are one race, but yet, you know, we have many different nations and many different um, facets of God. And so this is why I love hearing this, that all throughout the world, we celebrate differently. We do, we have different customs and traditions, but the reason we're doing, and I love how you said this, and I want, I hope everybody points back to God's word, why we're doing it. Um, and I think here in America, we've lost why we've done it. It's become a just holiday um, where we do Easter hunts and Easter eggs and candy and, and things that have nothing to do with Christ's resurrection. So personally, I want the church to come back to more liturgical celebrations. And so this is why I love hearing how you all have celebrated, what you know, what traditions you've brought in. Um, Rachel, would you mind, where are you from and, and how have you grown up celebrating? Uh, I'm from India, Christy, and I grew up in a Christian home. Hmm. So I had the blessing of growing up, knowing the Lord and uh, celebrating all of these festivals. Easter is a big deal in India. The church wants to go back to what is what is the real reason we're even Christians. Um, Christmas alone doesn't suffice. And so Easter has become a, a more prominent and more intentional celebration. And so we start Easter celebrations 40 days ahead, beginning with Ash Wednesday. And the next 40 days, the church spends time focusing on the cross. Uh, churches have uh, midday services every week. 
Mm-hmm. And um, we up to the Palm Sunday. And Palm Sunday, again, is a big deal. And uh, churches get together, children get together. We do processions in the streets with palm leaves um, and uh, remember the triumphal entry of Christ. And then the week of Easter, um, we have church services every day. And um, on Monday, Thursday, we celebrate the Last Supper and Jesus' act of washing the feet of disciples. Um, on Good Friday, we spend time focusing on the seven words of the cross that Jesus said. Um, and then usually people fast on Good Fridays and sometimes they'll do Good Friday all the way through Easter and break their fast on Easter morning. Um, and then Easter is celebrated with a sunrise service. So we wake up so early on Sunday mornings uh, and we it, it's usually an outdoor service and we start around 4.30 in the morning um, and the service goes on to the break of dawn. So we end with the sun rising up and it's an, it's an act of remembering uh, the dawn that Jesus rose again from the dead. That's beautiful. I love that. And that's why I love how your office, you know, 11 nationalities represented in your office, like how beautiful that you can all bring um, celebrations in ways that you have remembered um, and I think Lent is so good. That's something I didn't grow up doing, but I've been doing the last couple of years. And this year, you know, the first 20 days, I'm reading Joshua, you know, and and reading and focusing on the physical um, conquering of the land. And then, and like you said, Mark, earlier, remembering, you know, what we what God rescued the Israelites from in Egypt and how they were saved from bondage physically. But then, you know, then looking at Mark and looking at the New Testament and how Jesus came to that literal land um, to conquer it spiritually and how we had to be conquered um, from our sin. You know, God had to send that bridge um, and so I think you're right. Easter is so important to the Christian faith. Um, and we have, we've, I think, lost that over the years. And unfortunately, America is becoming commercial like Christmas. Um, and so I think this is so beautiful. And this is why I want to spend some time today just reflecting on the promises that Easter brings and how we can give that hope now. And so I love this, that Samaritan's Purse is all over the world, bringing light to darkness and sharing this hope. So it must be devastating because I know for here in in the United States, you know, our lockdown started right before Easter last year. And I remember that was the first time I'd never been to church on Easter um, physically. Um, And so we have opened back up and most are going. I mean, again, each church is up to their discretion to decide what they're doing. So I can't imagine going back into another lockdown at this time. Um, So Samaritan's Purse, you know, they take the Great Commission, you know, to the ends of the earth, you know, sharing the gospel. And part of the beauty of Samaritan's Purse is working with the local church. And so like you said, you are working with multiple churches. How have you seen, I guess, even different denominations? You know, how have you seen the local church band together? Um, Because like you said, when the government forces, you know, restrictions. Um, you want to listen and, and obey authorities, but as a local, you know, the churches then hopefully are banding together, uh, realizing that, you know, I guess I we have more in common than we have, you know, apart. So maybe COVID has brought denominations together. Um, have you seen that with the churches that you're working with? I think um, outside of Juba, 
most churches have wanted to some in some way just continue on as if uh, as if there's no covid mm. and probably up until last month they have continued to hold their services uh, i think for south sudanese the covid thing has been difficult to accept people have many other hardships in their life and to try and convince people to take covid seriously seems seems a redundant foolish idea to people how should we deal with that as easter approaches that's a tough question to give a, a clear answer but i know that the churches will want to take every opportunity to uh, uh, remind and alert their people that jesus came he gave his life and he rose triumphant on easter sunday and that's something for us all to celebrate mm-hmm. well, that was very true and that's that's what we hope to encourage people that whatever they're facing um it is actually, I think, encouraging because it shows us that this earth is not our home. This is not the best place. God has more for us, you know, if we believe and accept what He did on Resurrection Sunday. And so what a, I guess, wonderful opportunity for us as believers um, to bring this light and awareness to people that don't have the hope and assurance that we do. Um, My heart just breaks for those people that this earth is all that they— you know, all the the best that they'll ever have, um, because it's not. Um, COVID or no COVID, things are still hard. Um, So as you were talking, I mean, you gave us insight in how to pray, but how would you you advise us to pray for your staff um, in your country office, but also, like you said, the local church there in the South Sudan? Um, It's interesting what you were just saying there, that uh, uh, at Easter we can remind each other that we have a hope beyond what we see here and now, and that what what we have now is is not something to be satisfied with. Mm. I think for many South Sudanese, they don't need to be convinced of that because what they have here and now is Mm. not something to celebrate. It's something to mourn over. Mm. It's something to cry out that this is not enough. This is not uh, where my hope lies. And so for South Sudanese people and South Sudanese Christians, Easter then becomes an important beacon of hope for the future. Mm. And so um, I think it's more real to people here. Uh, when uh, when they look around them, they, they can't be satisfied with their daily life. They can't be satisfied with, with what they find in front of them as being um, a source of hope. Their hope, need, their hope lies elsewhere, and they long for a future where there might be some blessing. And so Easter is a great opportunity to remind us of God's promises, that they're sure and that we can put our hope and faith in that. Mm. And I think uh, South Sudanese people, right at this moment, they wonder, will will peace come to my country? Will peace be here for us at some point? Will we be able to celebrate the the joy of having our own country and living in peace? And uh, I think the, the Christian message and the Easter message is, Yes, to those things, um, but maybe not peace and goodwill uh, in South Sudan, but maybe what God has promised us, the hope and joy that we have in the resurrection through Jesus. So um, maybe maybe that's a good thing to pray for South Sudan, that Easter is a time to remind them that God has a plan, that God has rescued us and that he longs to bring us into his kingdom and to, to take the blessing, uh, the like the wedding banquet, uh, he, he longs to celebrate with us. Mm-hmm. And yet, even in this, this war-torn, broken country, um, 
we have something to long for and look forward to in what Jesus has done. So as a, as a staff, you could just pray for us that, that we, could, we could make that hope real to the people that we work with, that we could demonstrate to people that we do have a joy in our heart that drives us on and that we want to bring people into that joy and celebration that Jesus has for us, even when, uh, even when things around them seem so broken and maybe at times so hopeless. There is a hope we can cling on to, and Easter is the reminder of that hope. Thank you so much for sharing. And I, this is why we wanted to spotlight different ways different churches celebrate, because as you were talking, I mean, we have listeners from all over the world that listen to this, but many, you know, that in the United States, I think we have this false sense of peace, you know, this false sense of security because we aren't—our churches aren't being bombed. Um, we're not afraid of—yeah, um, we don't live in a war-torn country that has seen uh, destruction and, and sadness to the degree that many of the people that you work with have. So we, we just don't even understand. Um, and like you said, um, I just can't imagine, you know, that the disparity— that many of the people that you're you're reaching have seen. And so a hope for a future is such a powerful promise. Again, not that the not that the cross is different to all of us, but our viewpoint is different. And so um, the peace that Jesus offers um, probably looks different um, to many people where you are. So thank you for allowing us um, that insight and the ability to pray. Um, as we prepare for Easter, you know, I just love to know personally, and then also maybe about your staff, what God's teaching you from His Word. You know, is there a certain scripture that you are reading and learning from as we anticipate Easter, uh, personally, Mark and Rachel, but also um, as a country office? Is there anything you guys are studying together? A focus, uh, Christy, over the past few weeks has been on the cross and what it means to live a Christian life but um, and how to excel in everything that you do. And when you're uh, in, in constant isolation and quarantine and unable to go anywhere and meet anyone, it's very hard to hold on to that and do your best. But I think as a, as a team, that's what we're trying to do, um, to focus on the bigger picture, knowing and reminding ourselves that, yes, everyone's in a hard place, but the calling doesn't change. We're still called to South Sudan. We're still called to serve here. And um, as long as that calling is going strong, we're going to keep our eyes focused on Christ because of the finished work and uh, keep at it. We, um, we, we still do devotions together once a week. And then um, on the other mornings during the week, we're in small groups. Mm -hmm. And we look at where we're actually going through the... Um, the five distinctive objectives of Samaritan's Purse. And so this month we've been doing Serving with Excellence. And uh, leading up to Easter, we may be doing Responding with Compassionate Action. But South Sudanese people love to sing songs. And so um, one thing I find interesting about South Sudanese people is they're, they're some, in some ways stuck in a time warp. They, um, they sing sing uh, South Sudanese Juba Arabic songs, which are like Sunday school songs from 40 years ago. 
and uh, they sing them with joy and enthusiasm, and I think it's fabulous. Mm-hmm. But they love also some of the old English hymns, and so they love singing Great is Thy Faithfulness. Mm-hmm. And a few times in the last month we've sung together Great is Thy Faithfulness, and I, I love singing that with them. And I guess it's a wonderful song to sing, to remind one another and sing together enthusiastically, great is thy faithfulness to a father who hears and longs to bless us, even when things look difficult, even when the economy is in shattered, a shattered mess, even when people are losing relatives to COVID, even when uh, uh, famine might strike various parts of the country. To sing Great is Thy Faithfulness is is very stirring and encouraging. So we'll sing it again a few more times before Easter. Beautiful. And I wish I could hear it in all these different tongues. Well, thank you both for spending time with us and just uh, sharing with us, you know, an update from the office, but also just as we approach Easter, I think we just felt a need to just bring awareness. And like you said, for those that are isolated and not together, to maybe be able to hear this and hear how other people are celebrating and that they're not alone. That though we can't be physically together, we can, you know, worship our God and worship why He did this. And I just want to close. I read this morning Psalm 119, 33 to 36. And I think as Christians as a whole, if we could really do this right now, um, Easter could look different. Um, and be an example to others. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I give, and I shall keep it to the end. Give me understanding, and I shall keep your law. Indeed, I shall observe it with my whole heart. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies, and not to covetousness. And I just love that this morning. Incline my heart, and that's what my prayer is: that the church will incline our heart. Um, to his testimonies. And and like you said, Mark, at the beginning, that's why looking at the Old Testament is so important. You know, the testimonies of what God did for the Israelites, bringing them out of physical bondage. Uh, But now we're looking at the spiritual bondage that Jesus brings us out of. And that is something that can give us hope despite our circumstances, give us peace. And I love how you said that the church, that's why they look with eager anticipation to Easter uh, for that peace that Jesus brings. Thank you so much for tuning in. I know that I loved hearing their hearts and perspective, and it was a convicting reminder of the hardships our brothers and sisters are facing all around the world and the challenge of ministry in the hard places. As Mark mentioned, what the South Sudanese are facing circumstantially isn't anything to celebrate. Their situation is hard, and it's difficult. They're facing war, hardship, and loss, and so they can't be satisfied here on earth in their circumstances. And so Easter truly is a beacon of hope and they're rejoicing for the hope that Jesus brings. We have a hope beyond what we can see here on earth. And so that should both, as Mark said, lead us to mourn the death and the sadness here on earth, but remain hopeful in Jesus and the promise that Easter brings. If you liked hearing these conversations of our offices in Iraq and South Sudan, I encourage you to go to the podcast On the Ground with Samaritan's Purse. We have an Easter episode, which includes many other country offices. I'm thankful for God's love more in our staff who are taking the gospel to the ends of the earth and to the people who need hope. I will never sing Great is Thy Faithfulness the same again. 
I will constantly be thinking of Mark and our our brothers and sisters in South Sudan who cling to those words and the promise of our faithful God. I want to close with a really common scripture, but I think it's so powerful as we celebrate that this truly being lived out many years ago. I want to read John 3, 16 and 17. For God loved the world in this way. He gave His one and only Son that everyone who believes in Him will not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through Him. I love that ending. He didn't send His Son to condemn the world, but to save the world. He came to save. However you celebrate this Easter, I hope and pray that that you will be able to share this hope with others. Thank you so much for tuning in and happy Easter.